Helvetica and Times New Roman walk into a bar. Get out of here, shouts the bartender. We don't serve your type. (laughs) Bro, Brick from the Middle would have loved that. He would have been on his. All right. Hey, we got to start. Okay. Goodness gracious. What's up, y'all? What's up, Sweater Gang? You know who it is. It's three guys in the sweatshop. Three guys sweating it out in the shop. We got your man's Joshua Clarendon here. Say what's up. We got Ryan Dale on the other end. What's up, Ryan? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and we also got Jason Mehubon Baltzer. Say what's up, Jason. Hey, what's up? Yeah, all right, guys. We got a good show for you today. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about the world champions in football. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're going to talk about the very interesting all-star game rules. And we also have some thoughts about the not crazy, but quite healthy NBA trade deadline. So first off, how about them Chiefs, Ryan Dale? How about them Chiefs? I, I can't. I was in disbelief the entire time. It it started off just like every other playoff game where we were down, and then I lost I lost confidence so many times this postseason. But ultimately, I mean, I, I still stuck with the team. I was shouting all kinds of crazy things I can't put on the pod, but uh, it was it's great. <laughs> it's so great to see Andy Reid won a NFL championship. Um, I just yes. this team is is promising, but we got a lot of things that we got to work on in the off season to continue to be world champions. Yeah, I feel that definitely. I I gotta tell you, uh, I'm in I'm in I'm in the Bay Area. I go to school in the Bay Area, so I was sitting in a room full of Niners fans, and it was like me and two other people that were Chiefs fans. And let me tell you, when Damian Williams got that touchdown to put the Chiefs over the top, I lost my mind. I that was like probably the most hype I've ever been in any setting whatsoever. Jason, I know you were cheering pretty loud. What how do you feel about this? Um I'm I you know, I think everyone <laughs> knows that I kind of was an anti Chiefs fans. I got called out on my classes multiple times by professors even. But you know, I'm happy for the Chiefs. Good for them. Good for them to get a win. The uh, Andy Reid deserved it. Patrick Mahomes played really yes, well, sir. and I'm happy yes, for did. all my friends that are Chiefs fans. Absolutely, Travis right. Kelsey, champion just like his brother now. Yes, his parents sir. can't pick favorites. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and on that note, let's go into the All Star Game. The All Star Game is coming up, and I don't know if y'all have seen this yet, but I just saw a video posted by the NBA on YouTube. And it had their new rules for the new All-Star Game format. And I just want to run them by y'all to see how you feel about it. Because I saw them and I thought it was pretty pretty interesting. So the rules come, pretty much come down to two categories. Uh, it come, There's like the fourth quarter and then all the other quarters. So through the first three quarters, who the each quarter is 12 minutes. And it's like it's almost like four separate games. So each quarter is a separate game, and then if you win that quarter, if you have the most points by the end of the quarter, then your charity automatically gets $100,000. 
Okay. And mm-hmm. that so the score resets after every quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, what's going to happen is whatever team has the highest total score through the first three quarters, they're going to add on 24 points to that. And then that final total is the target score. So there's going to be it's not going to be timed at all. So if so if one if one team has 100 points through three quarters and the other team has 90 points, then both team that for a team to win, they have to reach 124 points to win the game. Yeah, and then the person that wins the fourth quarter, and then the person that wins the fourth quarter uh, gets two hundred thousand dollars. And yes, the twenty-four point thing is uh, to honor Kobe, rest in peace to a legend. But yeah, how do y'all feel about that? Uh, just I think I actually heard about that, and um, it's I mean it's kind of cool getting that to charities. I really don't feel like it's going to be a massive change, um, but I think that's cool. I think they should add like a four-point shot, or like yeah. I don't know, like a grudge match, like a wrestling match or something. That'd be fun. <laughs> sure. I don't know. What about it's, you, it's Ryan? It's also a game. Uh, I yeah, mean, I, thought, I, so. I, think it's, I think it's a really unique way to honor Kobe. Uh, the NBA, much like almost any professional, like, all-star kind of dealio that leagues put on, uh, it's not the most watched game of the season by any means, but it's great to see the stars coming together. And I think – in a way, uh, just just speaking from like having played basketball. I mean, never, never professional <laughs> level by any means. But uh, I mean, just like playing basketball in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> occasional pickup ball. But I mean, just like the the day that Kobe passed away. I mean, I I went down to my school's like gym, and uh, there's there's so many people there, just like hooping up together, just trying to honor Kobe the best way they knew how. And it was, it was just through playing the game. And I think yeah. the style of like playing straight up and not really having to worry about a time constraint, I think that's mm-hmm. one unique way to honor him. And I think it's great yeah. that all of the all proceeds are going to charity. So that's, that's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I don't think I'm not as, la- I'm not as a, uh... I'm not as lackluster on it as you are, Jason. I personally think that this All Star Weekend is going to be one of the best in recent memory, for at least at least for, uh, from like for the last like five years. Because personally, I feel like the I feel like the dunk contest is at least going to be interesting. In the past few years, it has not been interesting whatsoever. But I feel like it's at least got char- like characters in it. It got Dwight in it. He's going to pull out some gimmicks. I feel like Aaron Gordon's got stuff up his sleeve. Uh, Pat Connaughton. I mean, I don't feel Pat like Connaughton does not deserve to be there. <laughs> no, listen. I feel I don't feel like he'd be in it if he didn't have anything up his sleeve. And the All Star Game specifically, I just feel like at least I don't think that this uh, format will like just sweeping, just sweeping, make a change so that all the next All Star games they play hard each quarter. But I feel like at least for this All Star Game, with the death of the basketball legend Kobe, I feel like. It's this format for at least this All Star Weekend is gonna raise the raise the standard of play, so they at least play somewhat hard for the for all four quarters instead of just playing somewhat hard for the fourth quarter. So I think it's gonna I think feel like this All Star Game is gonna be one of the best in recent memory. Yeah, no, uh, I mean it's but, yeah. to bring out the competitive nature within all the athletes. It's it's kind of a relaxed weekend, some time off for most yeah. of these players, and I mean that's yeah. all and well, but like for fans and 
viewership there in the arena, it's it can be kind of mundane. It's cool to see some of the cool highlights, flashy dunks, people just checking up threes, but nobody's ever really playing defense. And Kobe was a great all-around competitor. He wasn't just a great scorer. He was a great defender, and he liked to compete every second of the game. And I think that's just a great way to to remember him for that. Definitely. Definitely. What are you what are you what about you, Jason? Yeah, I, I agree. One thing I will say is while he was an all around competitor, he did lack passing. <laughs> Stop. Stop, uh, man. Stop. Okay. Stop. <laughs> let's, let's move on to the trades. So okay. Josh, what you got for us? What I got. Uh this trade deadline, it wasn't crazy crazy, but considering the it was interesting. It was a healthy trade deadline. And considering the amount of contracts that were just signed, the amount of hefty contracts that are considerably difficult to move, I feel like was, this was definitely not expected. I didn't expect to see this much movement for the trade deadline. But, yeah, so uh, there was many things I saw. One of the most underrated moves I saw was Marcus Morris to the Clippers. So, Ryan, you want to touch base on, on that trade? Okay, there's two key reasons that this this trade is very important for the Clippers franchise in the years to come, and especially this year. So Marcus Morris, we tried to sign him outright before he signed to the Knicks and before he was supposed to sign to the Spurs. But there's a lot of interest in him because he's uh, a very he's an above average defender, and this year he's really shown that he can shoot the three ball for the Knicks. And I think this is this is a big deal for the Clippers because we're moving from Mo Harkless, and by no means Mo Harkless was a bad player, but Marcus Morris is definitely a better Mo Harkless, and I mean he can still defend, but he's a much better shooter, and yeah. I think he's I think he's more of a competitor in a lot of ways. He's he's gotten in a lot of the trouble lately with some of his remarks, but uh, I mean yeah, that, that shows his competitive nature for a lot of stuff, but. The second Not reason, for a lot of stuff, but yeah. the second <laughs> reason that this is important is because the Clippers ultimately took away a potential weapon for the Lakers to get. And I mean, the Lakers, we didn't see them make any moves at the trade deadline, and that's that's important because it shows to a certain extent that there wasn't anything they could really get for the pieces that they have currently, mostly because it's it's seasoned veterans and the only real young asset they have is Kyle Kuzma but I think this is a great great move for the Clippers we got a bunch of dogs on our team I think the only thing that may be somewhat difficult is that is that that dog spelled (laughs) D-A-W-G I hate you guys we're we're such dorks continue continue (laughs) I think the only problem that the Clippers may have from this is that there's only so many minutes and so many shots that the team has available. It's just going to the, – the coming months is really what's going to ultimately determine whether this team has longevity in the playoffs and hopefully ends up NBA champions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, putting the defense aside for, for a second, which with their personnel should be the best defense in the league, the Clippers now legit have five people that could score 20 points. Like, they could average 20 points uh, on, any, on any given team. Marcus Morris was averaging an efficient, like, 19. 
Lou Williams is averaging close something. to 20. Yeah. Montrez uh, Harrell. Montrez, Montrez, Kawhi, and Paul George, obviously. Like, if they buy into Doc Rivers' system and, like, get the ball around, that, like, this, they have so many ball handlers that could come at you from any position. And then when you and then when you throw into the mix their other role players like Landry Shamit and Avika Zubac, like Pat Beverly, like there's, there's so I just many can't, people that are just so yeah. good. My only worry yeah. is that we may have just enough talent. Like, I mean, we have really we have two real all-stars on our team, and then we have two potential all-stars, and then we just have a bunch of really great role players. And it's yeah. it's the ability for the role players to to accept their role in the system that Doc has laid out that will ultimately determine whether or not they can be successful in the future. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. But what I mean, I, about it, Jason? I agree. You guys had some great points. Wrapped it up nice and well. Mm-hmm. It's another body to throw at LeBron. In Definitely. the playoffs, it's going to yeah. be important. Get that. Didn't even bring that attrition up. Yeah. game going. But Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Josh, any other trades? What do you guys think about the Andre Drummond trade? <laughs> <laughs> the Cavs are still the Cavs, I guess. <laughs> and the Pistons, are, the Pistons are more like the Cavs. I got, like, I can't even comprehend. People were willing to give up good stuff for Andre Drummond. But the Pistons were like, oh, no, no. We want a first-round draft pick. What do you mean? No. He's not worth and it. Then, and then did you see what they got for him? They got John Henson, Brandon Knight, and I think a second-round pick. They got a second-round pick. Yeah. Brandon Knight what is back where he belongs, mean? though. Has Brandon Knight played in the league? I don't I feel I, like- the, the only memorable thing I have from him is when he played for the Suns right after his Pistons stint. But other than that, he has been just a scrub in so many aspects. I, mean, I don't know why the Pistons yes. did this. I no, mean, I, tried, I know why the Pistons did it because they wanted to get it. off of Drummond's salary and they wanted picks. They, they wanted to rebuild. But, like, yeah, but they, I guarantee so much better. Exactly. I guarantee the Hawks offered a better package than Brandon Knight and John Henson. Like, I looked at the trade, and I, I had a double take. I legit thought it was, like, 2015 again. Like, Brandon <laughs> Knight and John Henson? Are you joking? Goodness gracious. Brandon Knight's career still hasn't recovered from when DeAndre Jordan took his soul. Yeah. Goodness gracious. And now he's, and now he's back to the place where it happened. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, DeAndre yeah. Jordan's going to be be on the lookout for him. He's like, okay, you want to run that back real quick? <laughs> But no, I mean, like this doesn't even make it doesn't make a ton of sense for the Cavs either. And I mean, they're a lottery team. Every everybody knows that. But they didn't move away from Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson this like mm-hmm. during the trade deadline. So that means yeah. to me that they're they have to be setting something up for Kevin Love or maybe even a Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson package, even though it'll probably be pretty hard to do. But like you have the team just doesn't fit at all. You have two yeah. centers that are good rebounders, but they're they're pretty much the same. Yeah, like I mean, Andre <laughs> Drummond's a little bit better, a little bit younger. I don't know about but that. That's it. Yeah, a little bit younger. Like yeah. it, it just doesn't make any sense to me from the Cavs standpoint. And 
And they have two point guards too. That yeah, <laughs> and Andre Drummond is realistically yeah. probably going to opt back into his contract because that man probably realizes he may not get the same type of money if he's for for no, pay, You know he's going to opt into that off. No, he's not. He's not opting back in. Let me tell you, if he opts back in, then the net the next off season, uh, he's not going to get any cash because he's going because that off season free agency class is like. It's like the offseason free agency class of last year, or when LeBron and was in free agency. Teams are saving up because it's Giannis. Not when LeBron was in free agency, but yeah. It's like Giannis, Kawhi, maybe, Paul George, maybe. It's it's a ton of people. They're, pe- yeah. Teams are definitely taking a step back for that. They're preparing for that offseason more than anything. Yeah. So, But I just I don't get this. And then Andre Drummond's response was like, Oh, there's no loyalty in the NBA. Dude, people are getting moved left and right. That just doesn't make any sense. Everybody's signing no. these super max contracts, and then when you get moved, you're like, oh, my gosh, there's no loyalty. You're playing like yeah. buttons. You haven't okay, I feel like his team. <laughs> I feel like his problem, though, was that, like, the Pistons didn't warn him or anything. Like, they, they just – he was just like – I assume he heard it over, like, Twitter or something that he was traded. When you're, I, when I get you're a problem paid, with that. 20 plus million dollars oh a year gosh. to play a game. I don't really think it's required for your employer to say, "Oh yeah, we're we're moving you to a different city." Right, it's still like their job. I understand that, but life completely changes around. Yeah, exactly. like, how long does it take for a phone call? It's not like they're doing anything. They're calling them on the phone and saying, "Yeah, you're getting moved." What do you yeah. mean? I think that's an obligation. How, yes, how do we, exactly. we, we don't know what we're going on behind. Billions of dollars, and they can't call him. I yeah. I just I don't have any. I don't have. I just I can't relate to that. I can't be like, oh yeah, I feel bad for you. You're you're. It's so sad that they didn't talk to you about it. I can't I relate. I can understand to that. that you're not sympathetic, but at least be understandable. Yeah, come on, man. To yeah, an, to an extent. I mean, for, for his kids' lives and like moving, I get that. That's tough, but like, it's it it loses its ability to it loses its. I'm less sympath- sympathetic towards that, like entirely, just because he's making almost thirty right. million dollars a year. Okay, whatever but, you say, uh, Ryan. All right, yeah. So, so next that's, that's trade, on the Drummond trade. Yeah. yeah, next trade, we got the D'Angelo Andrew Wiggins trade. Josh, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so I thought this – my first thoughts were that the Wolves kind of fleece the Warriors. And I – it felt weird coming out of my mouth because the Wolves have been kind of a trash organization for several years. <laughs> For yeah. pretty much my, my entire existence, they've been uh, able to acquire good pieces, though. That's what I'm like, kind of surprised about. It's the uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about what I think about that later. But <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought they kind of fleeced the Warriors, and because like they, tra- I thought D'Angelo Russell was going to get traded for close to an unprotected first round pick, and like maybe a young piece, and like something like that, or like a or a an established star. I did not think D'Angelo Russell was going to be traded for for a protected first round pick and someone whose stock is as low as Andrew Wiggins. And many executives say Andrew Wiggins has the worst contract in the league. With Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook in the league, this 24-year-old has the worst contract in the league. Yeah. That's crazy to me. 
So I thought I thought the and the Warriors also gave up young pieces. They gave up Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman. And I don't know about Jacob Evans, but I know Amari Spellman was playing solid for the year. So but yeah, I like it from the T Wolves perspective, definitely, because if you look at all the trades they made, they essentially retooled their roster to be what Flip Saunders wanted the roster to be in the first place. A bunch of a bunch of three three point shooting and he wanted a ball handler. He was trying to mold Wiggins into that ball handler, but as we've seen from Wiggins, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to rag on the guy. They got a first round pick out of it too, didn't they? They got, they did get a first round pick, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, pretty well protected. Yeah, it was a protected first round pick. So I thought, I thought they would get something that was closer. Um, it may have been top ten. Uh, I'm not, sh- I'm not completely sure, but I thought, I thought they would get an unprotected. I thought it was, I thought it would get an unprotected pick. For D'Angelo Russell. But from the Warriors side of it, I thought it was a trash trade. But, like, if you look back, I don't think – I don't know. Because, like, they could have waited till the offseason and got got a good trade for him, I feel like. So, I feel, I feel that the Warriors are seeing something in Andrew Wiggins that we aren't seeing. Because if you look back on the Warriors' history, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a bad trade they made. That's, that's so true. So, I feel I- like – I think this I is feel kind like- of similar to like Harrison Barnes type. Like, in a lot of ways, I think Andrew Wiggins fits that mold. But we also have no. to take into account that no, <laughs> actually, Andrew Wiggins does not similar to that. I, I, no, I but if he can play a decent defense, he yeah, can play as no. like Harrison Barnes type role. No, he cannot. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins is we Andrew Wiggins speed, has though. the. Ability, Andrew Wiggins has the physical capability to be a good defender. He hasn't proven to be a good defender. Andrew okay, Wiggins but, is not that good. A, Andrew Wiggins is not that good well, I a catch-and-shoot player. Under the of Draymond Green. That's, yes, yeah, that exactly. Yeah. That's the you don't think he could become That's a mediocre defender? I think I think that I think that the Warriors have seen that in him, that they see that potential in him, and that the they think the T-Wolves training staff is just trash, which, I mean – like Probably. I'm not gonna say nothing about that, but I I think that the Warriors think that if they put Andrew Wiggins in their system, he can become at least a good facsimile of what everyone thought he was going to be. My I just I'm just not I just you can't you can't just say though that it's an automatic fit because like if you look at Andrew Wiggins' play style now, it's practically the complete antithesis to what the Warriors' system is. Well, so, like. It's also just his role in Minnesota. You're playing with Carl Anthony Towns, and that just their offense isn't set up for really either of them to flourish that much. And I really think that Andrew Wiggins as a third scoring option behind Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, like you also have a great coach in Steve Kerr just buying into that system buying into a championship proven system, I think that's I think that's gonna do wonders for Andrew Wiggins in his career as a as a whole. And just having Draymond Green there and having the ability to have time to gel on like uh Andrew Wiggins didn't well, Andrew Wiggins didn't really have that time with uh Jimmy Butler. I think that's gonna be great for his his overall development. And maybe he might be able to prove some stuff to us that we didn't really think was possible. I guess. But yeah, I'll- I also heard that it's supposed to be like with the addition of the pick along with the Warriors high pick, 
you're supposed to be using him and his salary mostly as another trade asset to try to get another star if he doesn't work out. So it's kind of like the Warriors thinking if they can unlock him per se, be another talent, then they're good. They have their picks. But if not, he's just a trade asset along with the pick they got from the T-Wolves and their pick for the salary matchup to get another star. So either way, that's what I've heard. I guess so, but like, I mean, the the executives have said Andrew Wiggins isn't a trade asset. He's a trade hindrance. He's, he's a, someone but that, he's a ballast for just salary purposes. Okay, fine. If, that, if that's that they the get case, outweighs the okay. his, any hindrance and gives an addition. Sure. All right. Fine. If if that's the case, then uh, I don't know. I probably would have just kept D'Angelo Russell. But uh, if if I guess I could see the Andrew Wiggins potential and the first pick being more value than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. But on the Timberwolves side, I also like the fit with D'Angelo Russell and uh, Cat offensively, but defensively is going to be some struggles. So, yeah. I don't don't know if it's going to work out. All right. So we're going to be moving on to the Robert Covington trade to the Houston Rockets. You can't 14. just say the Robert Covington trade. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, like it's a 12 man. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a four team trade. 12 p- players were dealt the big names of Robert Covington and Clint Capella getting moved. Clint Capella going to the Atlanta Hawks. Robert Covington going to the Houston Rockets. What this means for Houston is that they're buying into the small ball ways of Mike D'Antoni. And yeah, so Jason, what are your, what are your thoughts on that, man? Well, this, this is either going to completely revolutionize the NBA on the Rockets side of things, or it's going to be absolutely awful. Daryl Moore, <laughs> the analytic genius per se, or the most in tune with analytics in the NBA anyways, as a GM goes, decided that he saw the advanced stats on uh, Covington, and he realized that, you know what, the way he plays with their five players – their offense spacing the floor and their quick, fast-moving defense is going to overtake the need for big men, and it's either going to totally work or totally fail. And you know what? I'm for it. I love to see interesting basketball. We'll find out if it works. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, you remember, Jason? I can't. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, but a while back, I told you that the NBA was just going to gradually get closer to everyone being like around six, seven. So like, there's no real position, just like everyone yeah, on the floor. Pretty much, but yeah. yeah, I feel like this is, I feel like this is the first step towards that. The only reason why I don't like this trade is that I feel like it's ahead of its time. Meaning that yeah. the NBA still has way too many dominant big men to be doing something like that. The West alone, Rudy Gobert, fine, he's not going to kill you offensively, but he's going to grab a bunch of boards and he's going to put the ball on the floor on these on those blocks. Anthony Davis is quick enough to stay with your guys and he's going to grab boards and he's going to score a bunch of points. Nikola Jokic, I could go on and on and on. But the one thing I do really like about this trade is is that it's going to unlock the rust that I've been hoping to see for years and years. If you watch that Lakers game, he was finally playing the bully ball I've wanted him to play for so long. Oh, my goodness. Like, just watching the man play, he was posting up on people. He blew past Anthony Davis multiple times. Like, 
with that amount of spacing, I feel like it's going to unlock Russ in a way that couldn't happen with Clint Capella around. But I feel like they still should have got some big man just to use for situational purposes if Mm -hmm. the small ball isn't working. So I feel like what's going to happen is I feel like that the thing that has the most probability of the highest probability of happening is the Cavs buying out Tristan Thompson and then the Rockets signing him uh, for on on a on a for the salary? Yeah, I feel like they're going to sign Tristan Thompson. Bum off the street or something. Jeff yeah, they had Jordan. Oh, yeah, they oh. had. They <laughs> out of your mouth. How dare you? How dare you, Jason? He's not yeah. a shooter. He, he wouldn't work in Mike D'Antoni's system anyway. So, I'm, well, just he's not even a need a shooter. Nah, yeah, uh, and then from from the other team's perspectives, <laughs> from the other team's perspectives, uh, I thought that it was a really good move for the Hawks because I feel like interior defense yeah. among defense in general was one of their big. One of their big problems. Also, um, from the Timberwolves' perspective, they got some really nice pieces as well. They got Malik Beasley from the Nuggets. They also got Juancho Hernan Gomez. I believe they – no, Amari Spellman was in the D'Angelo Russell pay, trade. But Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez, they're both really – they're really solid Juancho. players. Malik Beasley, Malik, Malik Beasley especially is really good. And then the Nuggets – the Nuggets got rid of their expiring contract so they didn't have to pay Malik Beasley because he was probably going to get paid this offseason. They tried to so. sign – they tried to figure some kind of uh, – they tried to have contract negotiations with them this this year, but they just couldn't agree on anything. And I think they yeah. kind of also have the problem that maybe the Clippers will have where they have a ton of talent but just not enough minutes. So they're. I think it was a good trade for them too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and I just feel like – I feel like the Timberwolves offensively have finally found their place, but like def- they did nothing defensively. They got yeah. they got James Johnson from the they got James Johnson from the <laughs> Heat, but like other than that, uh, like who on that roster is a good defender? I can count James Johnson, Josh Gorgie maybe. Gorgie, they traded Gorgie Dang. They traded Gorgie Dang. Oh, I didn't did. see that. For who? Yeah, one second. I mean, uh, one second. Why did they do that? They uh, were they tra- like the they traded him to- <sighs> That's who they traded James Johnson for. James Johnson was serious? traded from the Heat to the Grizzlies, and then uh, the Grizzlies flipped you know uh, James Johnson for Gorgie Jang. There for a second, I was giving credit to the Timberwolves front office because I was like, oh, yeah, maybe they're seeing the dream of having D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, and Cat all on the same team. But they got rid of this man, Gorgie Jang, who had them at least in the top four defensively in terms of rating, whereas with Carl Anthony Towns, they're literally the worst defensive-rated team in NBA history. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was such a dumb He just doesn't I mean, play. He has all the tools to be a good defender, but he just doesn't have the desire. You know what? Jimmy Butler was right on that. Chill. For sure. For Chill. sure. Cat just doesn't. Cat, it's not. I don't think it's the fact that he doesn't want to do play good defense. I feel like it's just the culture of the Timberwolves, which I would like to talk about with this Grizzlies trade. Justice mm. Winslow for Andre Iguodala, essentially. Like I freaking did they love have to what give the up Grizz- other assets too, though. They did have to give up other assets. They gave up Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. But Great. either way, I love that trade. I freaking love that trade. And if you look at what the Grizzlies are doing, 
along well, with I mean, what the Raptors did. Hey, Justice Winslow too. Like, I don't care. I mean, what the Grizzlies are doing. Contract. This like, is the way. This is the way. Justice Winslow. This is the way you need to rebuild your team. Okay, you don't they're, keep they're, acquiring they're, picks. You said it. Okay? I think you said it last week. You need week to get. You got. You got your. You got your blue chip. Like, why not just sign someone in free agency of his value? Like you could have just signed him in free agency, don't you think? What do you mean? Wait, what do you the mean? Sign him in free agency? I don't. You think the Heat would have resigned Justice Winslow? I don't think so. Why Justice Winslow's a great player. But they they're trying to save up money for Giannis. Yeah, that that and he's that been was part really of the injured too. He's super yeah. injury prone. But Justice so Winslow, Justice Winslow agency. went. So they, they gave they gave up Andre. I don't understand what the I don't yeah. understand what the problem this is. They gave up for the, the Grizzlies for sure. Yeah, they gave yeah. up Andre Iguodala. He didn't want to play for them. They were gonna buy him out, and then he was gonna go sign yeah. with the the Heat or something. No, you get some assets for that. No, I'm talking I'm, about I'm, Justice Winslow. They could have just signed Justice Winslow in free agency. But like, no, why? they couldn't. Have. Why, why though? Why would you I'm do that if you could just trade Andre Iguodala, someone who doesn't want to play for your franchise? Okay. Why wouldn't they yes. get like a different asset besides just? They also have Bird. Off, they, they, they have Bird. They have like Bird on him now. They could have just signed Justice Winslow free agency. I don't think he would have resigned with the Heat. No, the Heat are trying they to save cap. They're but Jason, they have Bird. He's been injured like 162 games over his playing career so far, and they could have traded. What? Look. Look at what they gave up. They gave up Jay Crowder, Solomon Jay Hill, Crowder's and good. Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder has not been playing that well. He was really on the good. team for chemistry. He went to Mizzou. Solomon he Hill. Oh, Solomon, up. Solomon Hill is not that good. Andre Iguodala didn't even want to play for the team. Justice Winslow is a great playmaker. He's a great defender. When healthy, whatever. And also, trading for him – all in, in concurrence with getting rid of those contracts – it also gets him the bird years, I believe. So they could they can sign him even if they're over the salary cap. I yeah, no, I'd be over the salary cap. They're a young team. Jason, they should not be over. The I know, salary. but Jason, okay. look at their Whatever. roster. I'm just trying to say the Grizzlies the way the way the Grizzlies are rebuilding is the way you need to rebuild. You don't try to lose, okay? You're if you lose if you lose uh if you keep losing, then fine. You get your picks. They drafted well. They got John Morant. They got Jaron Jackson Jr. Jackson. Dylan Brooks, which which was a steal. And they just keep taking chances on these other young players, just like the, what the Raptors are doing. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Josh Jackson. They took a chance on him. He didn't work out. Okay, uh, they're taking a chance on Justice Winslow. I think that will work out. It'll be. It's going to be another second. It's going to be a secondary playmaker for John Morant. And then like. The players they got, Brandon Clark. It's, it's, like, it's a bunch of young, like very yes. talented but raw players. And I think just yes. the fact that they're performing as well as they are as the eighth seed currently, I mean, we'll, we'll get into yeah. that later at, well, at a later date. But like just the fact that they're even an eighth seed, it, it's kind of – it baffles me because I'm, I, I think, think about it and I'm like, this team, if they play well enough, if they just have a good series, they could potentially be like a second-round team if they take out somebody like the the Lakers who come in with all of this nah. hype. And I think I think it's possible. I don't know. I'm not saying it's likely, but it could – well, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think it's possible. 
And it's possible in I, the I, way the, of the you team, the, the front office of the Memphis Grizzlies is just mm-hmm. going. They're they're doing a great job with what they have in a small market like Memphis. Yeah. It's tough to get people to want to play there, and I think they're from what they they had Mike Conley a year ago. It's th- it's weird to think about that they had Mike Conley a year ago, and they're already coming back into potentially playoff contention. That's that's great on yeah. the Grizzlies front office. Yeah. And if you look at if you if you look at what the Thunder have done, the Raptors have done, the Grizzlies have done, and then look at what the Timberwolves were a few years ago and where they are now. I mean, I was one of the people saying that the Timberwolves were going to be a dynasty with freaking uh, Zach Levine, Wiggins, and Cat because they looked they they all looked ultra talented. They looked like they were going to be great, but I don't I don't I never like to get into like the psychological things because you never know. You never. I'm not trained in psychology. I don't know with these players, and I'm also not in that locker room. But I feel like just continually tanking for those picks has to like weigh on the psyche of a player and almost make it like harder to get into that mindset of we gotta win, we gotta win. So that's why I feel like what the Grizzlies, the Thunder, and the Raptors are doing is the way you gotta go about rebuilding, not like rebuild, rebuild, but retool. And like if you look at what the Grizzlies have done, I feel like this has potential to be one of the most efficient rebuilds of all time. For sure. Like, Moving on from Marcus I mean, Hall and Mike Conley and Zach Randolph. Yes. That's crazy the fact that they Exactly. I mean, yeah. They did that. Yeah. And, and from the Heat perspective. Definitely. Yeah. And from the Heat perspective, I mean, Iggy, I mean, I like it. I like it for locker room purposes, but if they pay him thirty million though. Yeah, but it was it was million? it was it was fifteen mil and a team option. So oh, okay. they'll probably reject they'll probably reject the team option. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I thought it was fine. Um, I don't know about the fit offensively, basketball-wise, because Andre Iguodala is like a much, much worse version of Jimmy Butler, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just old. But yeah, defensive, defensive. Yeah, defensively though, he's defensively though he's. I feel like he's gonna. I, defensively though, he could fit right in. He's he could take some of the pressure off of Jimmy Butler. I feel like. And then locker room wise, yeah, the Heat are a really young team, so I feel like Andre Iguodala has the potential to maybe get rid of some of those playoff jitters. So if the rookies start, if their inexperience starts showing, Andre Iguodala can mentor them a little bit. So I feel like it was a good. I, I I'm fine with it overall. I think I'm fine with it overall. What about y'all? Uh, I mean, yeah. for the for the Heat, I. I, I was just glad that Andre Iguodala didn't end up on the the Lakers. That was really my main thing. I'm glad he went to the East. That's that's good for for my my team, Clipper Clipper Nation. Put your hands up in the air, wave them around like Aww. you just don't care. But uh, no, I think it's I think it's good for the Heat. Uh, they get a like you said, a locker room guy. I think this is good for Jimmy Butler too, just to be kind of around a a proven champion. And I mean, he's had his moments where he's faulted, but he's also learned a a lot from that. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it was a good trade for them. And when is Jimmy for the, bolted? Well, no, not Jimmy. I'm uh, saying Andre Iguodala, the the block oh. around the world. That, oh, okay, okay. And and it's that free wasn't throw on that, him that, though. That, the free throw stuff that was that fine free throw stuff, sure, but you can't yeah. put the was, block on him. He was the Finals MVP. He was, uh, and that's what I'm saying. You have good and bad get bad moments in the playoffs. So. He, he, you can learn a lot from that, and I think that's I mean, important for the that, young players. In to that learn. sense, we all have good and bad. Never mind. I get what you're saying. Continue. 
But uh, I, I think this is a good way to set the heat up for the 2021 free agency market more than anything else, because I mm-hmm. still don't think they have the weapons to get out of the East with Giannis just being there. I think the Bucks are like the Bucks or the Raptors are going to ultimately be the ones who come out of the East. But no. I, think, I think the Heat are setting themselves up great for a free agency market. Pat Riley's still yeah. there. You have a star like Jimmy Butler, and then you have young assets that you could potentially move to even get a, a third star if need be. So just yeah. having that already set up and in the makings for something that could potentially be like LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. Yeah. I I don't know about your thing about the – I'm not as bully on the Sixers anymore after Jason showed me that I'm one. I'm not as bully on the Sixers bully. anymore? I'm not as bully on the Sixers anymore. I'm grown, I'm okay? I use, big, I use big man words. I use jargon. Uh, I don't – I use jargon, Yes. But I'm not, I'm, not as, <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as bully on the I'm not as bully. Let me speak! Stop Boy, making let's just fun go, of me! I'm not too bully on not Stop. colonizing this country Stop. here. Stop! Stop! I'm bully. Okay, if you let me continue, <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as high, fine. I'm not as high on the Sixers anymore. <laughs> Because uh, after Jason sent me that one clip of Charles Barkley saying the Sixers were the Cleveland Browns, I was one of the people saying the Cleveland Browns were going to give the Chiefs a lot of trouble this year. So uh, I'm learning it. from my ways. I'm learning from my ways. I'm definitely going to back off on the Sixers. So I won't. I definitely won't say they have a chance to make it out the East. But I definitely do think. I don't know if the Raptors are there. There. I'll take the. I'll take the Bucks, even though I'm not a hundred percent on them. But I'd say the Bucks and the Celtics over the – honestly, I'd probably take the Heat over the Raptors. But, yeah, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying. They're set, they're setting themselves up for free agency. They're trying to go all in for Giannis. So, yeah, I get that completely. All right. Giannis isn't leaving. I just want to say that. He's not leaving Milwaukee. What do you mean he's not leaving Milwaukee? But there's other free agents that are, that are going to be up. Yeah, I yes. I'm just saying Giannis ain't going to leave Milwaukee. If he if he wins a championship this year, he's not. He's not gonna leave regardless. He's loyal, chief, chief. Uh, I don't All know right. about that. When you when you've got the desire to be great and your greatness is determined by how many rings you have, that can but change a lot. Gonna, okay, you know what? This is an episode for another day. You know, right, okay, guys. real Thank quick, you for listening. real quick, oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. One last thing. Do you wow. how do you guys think about the Sixers trade for Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson? How do y'all feel about that? I feel like the Sixers are just scrambling at straws to get shooting. I, I I don't think this is really anything to be notable on the show. I mean, that's kind of why Burks I didn't is, bring it up. Did you just stop the episode to talk to us about Alec? Burks Alec Burks is averaging like fifteen something points efficiently. No, last time on the pod I said something, and then you were, you guys were like. Wow. Stein hasn't been playing that good. No, look, listen to these numbers. Listen to these numbers. Sixteen Big points, game. okay. Sixteen points. 16 that's a that's points. a that's a good oh score. Goodness. Who is he on? What team is he on again? He was on the Warriors, but still, ah, sixteen points. Sixteen points. Sixteen points is Warriors. solid. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Somebody. Oh my god. Get y'all are gonna. Cops. 
Oh my god! That's highway robbery. I'm not saying it's a huge deal, highway but like, like for bench scoring, for bench scoring, that's Jeez. a pretty decent deal. Are you? Kidding? You're telling me 16 points okay. off the bench Josh, isn't a decently Josh, big Warriors. You Ryan, you shut up. You were saying Willie Cauley Stein. Willie Cauley Stein was playing a lot worse than Alec Burks, so you need that's to what chill. I'm saying. Okay? Like, no, no, this guy, this Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks is the equivalent of me talking about no. Willie Cauley Stein. No, no. you are gonna hold, like, gonna hold each other to standards on the man. pod. You said it was this like breaking is something news. dumb. Josh, Boy, finish that for points, Eight points in no one second. Eight points and six rebounds to sixteen points. Tell me, tell me which one's more more important. More of the minutes. I didn't say it was big deal. More of the minutes. It was, more of the minutes. It was twenty three to twenty six. It was twenty three to twenty six. And what team was Kali Stein on? The he was Warriors. on the Warriors. Okay, so then yeah, shut up, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. Shut up, Josh. Thank you. Finish it no, off. You can tell no, me to I'm shut up. You. Next John, time, I'm actual points. Okay, they were decent. The were, it's a decent trade. Talking points. I am. It's a decent trade. On Are you back. joking? This so you're telling me that means absolutely nothing for the viewers of this podcast. Oh my god! Who are probably oh done listening goodness. to your nonsensical takes when I'm carrying Alan this Brooks podcast? Oh and now God. you're talking about Alec Burks. Alec Burks is a good player, okay? And he's a decent shooter, okay? I, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love – it's more re- It's more relevant than what we call each It's more relevant. Good job. 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 You know, it's been a good episode today till everyone was attacking and bullying me. Okay. But uh, you know, you know what's bracket, you know what's bracket. Sweater gang, keep it it's up. Bully. You know it's if y'all tired. <laughs> Sweater gang is bully boys. It's bully boys. Hashtag it's bully, bully boys. It's the East Indian <laughs> Company. Hey, 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 hey. But y'all know if you're tired and you've hit the bedrock. Open up your computer and plug into the sweatshop. The sweatshop. We out. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you.